Okay, we are beginning now, Chapter 20 of Tanya. We've just examined for two chapters the natural hidden love we all have from our soul. We know how we have her. We know where in the soul she's found. We know what she wants. We know how fear is incorporated within. And now we have the question. Based on what the Rebbe taught us in these two chapters, this is an amazingly, <coughs> excuse me, an amazingly powerful force that when it comes out, as we learned yesterday, all forces of evil melt. And the person can go from being an abject sinner to being so connected to God in a very real, practical way. But the question is, how to access her? How does she come out? Meaning, in chapter 18 and 19, it seemed as the knee-jerk response of your soul to a direct challenge in one's belief in God. And if someone puts a gun to your head and says, reject God or I'll kill you, bam, out comes this love. And the person says, kill me. I'll never give up God. I didn't live for God, but I'm going to die for God. Which is very powerful. Which unfortunately has been used by our people many times. But, hopefully, none of us and no one should ever be in a situation where they're given that challenge. So if we're not directly confronted by the outside world with that direct challenge for belief in God, how do we access the supremely powerful force? She's amazing. But how do I unlock her? <clears throat> so in order to answer that question, we need to understand a very fundamental principle of Hasidic philosophy, referred to as the oneness of God. Now, the oneness of God is not a Hasidic concept exclusively. It's a Jewish concept. It's one of the six perpetual commandments that every Jew has to keep at all times. But once we get into the definition of the oneness of God, there's the precision and intensity of the Hasidic definition that overshadows all others. And we're going to be in the next three chapters, 20, 21, and 22, understanding the parameters of the oneness of God through which we will understand how we can unlock this love not only when one is put in a situation of self-sacrifice on a daily basis. And the frame of reference that we use to discover this concept is looking at the first two of the Ten Commandments. Because we're told that the first two commandments we heard directly from God, and the others we heard from Moses. So everything is very precise. There's nothing random in Judaism or in the world at all. So why didn't we hear exactly two commandments from God? Now, why not one? Why not all ten? So our sages say we heard the first two from God because the first commandment, I am your God, contains within it all of the positive commandments. I am your God, therefore keep the Sabbath, therefore keep kosher. I'm your God. Listen to me. Accept my word. And the second commandment, thou shalt not serve idols, contains all the prohibitions. So thou shalt not serve idols. Therefore, don't transgress the Sabbath. And don't eat something not kosher. And don't gossip. And don't steal. And don't lie. And don't commit adultery. So 
we heard those two because in essence by saying those two, God was giving us everything. So the question is a very obvious question. When we're told that the first commandment, I am your God, incorporates all 248 positive commandments from the Bible and all of the thousands of the rabbis, there's a logical link. I am your God means accept my reign. If you accept me as king, as your sovereign, well then you have to listen to me. So whatever I'm saying is the automatic implication, the corollary statement of I'm your God. And that's logical. But what doesn't seem as logical is don't serve idols, a.k.a. don't desecrate the Sabbath. Don't mix milk and meat. Don't gossip. Don't steal. Well, it just sounds like a list of things you're not allowed to do. I'm not allowed to serve idols, and I'm not allowed to desecrate the Sabbath, and I'm not allowed to milk, mix milk and meat. I mean, all of these are things God said don't do. But why does that one specific commandment of not serving idols contain all these other seemingly discreet and separate commandments like don't gossip, don't steal, don't lie? How are they contained within that one idea? So to understand that, we're going to talk about the oneness of God. Where is the base for the oneness of God? We see this in, in, in the scriptures. We see this in Tanakh. God said, I, God, have not changed. Creation didn't change me. I'm the same God before creation. I'm the same God after creation. We as human beings, thinking of God and extrapolating from ourselves, of course understand creation changed God. I mean, before it was just him. And now it's him plus uh, a world, many worlds, spiritual worlds, the physical world, the Milky Way, the galaxy, myriads of angels. I mean, there's a lot of things going on now. So you might want to think he got added to. Or you might want to think he got subtracted from. Because now other things are taking up a lot of space in his reality. But either way, creation changed him. God says, no, no. I'm completely unchanged by creation. I'm exactly the same before and after. So how is this true? How could he be completely unchanged? Because all of its existence is like nothing. In contrast to God, it's all nothing. There's absolutely no impact. There's no affecting on a deep inner level. It's all meaningless. It's all insignificant. So God didn't change by it. Because creation is through words. Creation is a constant process of God's speech. And just as we talk, we can talk and talk and talk sometimes, it doesn't necessarily create any essential change inside of us because there's very little of us actually invested in those words, how much more so, to an infinite degree, is God not invested in and therefore not changed by creation, which is, in essence, his speech. So what we're going to discover is somehow God's unchanging nature, explored by the concept of the oneness of God, answers, ultimately, how that one prohibition of not to serve idols truly contains within it all other prohibitions. And through this, we will understand how we can always, on a daily basis, access our limitless love for God.